Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Bucks, Bulls, and Bows podcast. This is the morning of October 27th, and uh, I've made a full decision to head to a different location where I intended to this morning. Man, and I'm tired, so um, I'm going to be getting to my stand maybe a little bit late, but that's okay. I don't need to be there before light. I think I've talked about this before in other podcasts. It's not something that really stresses me out a ton. In fact, as a saddle hunter or a mobile hunter, I don't necessarily need to be there before light because I don't like standing around the dark on the ground floor waiting to see uh, a little bit of light so I can pick the right tree kind of thing. And in some cases, I already have my trees picked out, but in a lot of cases, I don't. I I hunt for, I guess you'd call it by zone, and what I do, um, specific trees, if that makes any sense at all. So anyways, um, yeah, I'm running a little bit late. I I was thinking a little bit on my way out here. Part of my decision to move over to to this location, about 30 miles away from where I was going to hunt, is uh, crop rotation itself. So if you're unfamiliar with the term crop rotation, it refers to what is being planted in fields year to year um, by farmers on their property or uh, farm renters. And in the case of Iowa, a lot of grounds cash rented out to other farmers that's not owned by the farmers. Some of that is governed by the FSA NRCS rules, one of those two, I forget which one, um, because there, there has to be some sort of a farming plan for most farms. And so as a result, um, sometimes they are not in control of what they're planning. Sometimes it's market driven. There's a lot of factors that go into that. That's not what's important right now. What's really important is how that is affecting deer movement on your properties from year to year. And you've heard me say before that I keep a lot of uh, journals, notes, whatever you want to say, year to year notebooks. Um, before I had my phone, I was doing a lot of that just in a notebook, uh, jotting down, <clears throat> excuse me, my experiences. Um, and, and I can go back on those and look at those from year to year, which is why I say all the time that the same thing happens year in and year out with the rut. It's just a matter of whether you're in a specific tree that's going to allow you to, um, realize some movement or, or see some movement that maybe you wouldn't be if you were another tree 200 yards away. And so that a lot of times can lead to whether people declare whether the rut's and rut's on or rut's not on. But statistically over the years, I mean, I've kept really good track of this. The same things happen year in and year out about the same time of the year. And so that's why you see, you'll hear a lot of congruences in my podcast from year to year. Um, kind of letting you know about what to expect and, and being fairly accurate in that. Again, depends on what tree you pick where. And in some cases it depends on for example, crop rotations, especially at this time of the year. Um, you've heard me mention before that uh, if you are on a specific deer or you have a target buck that you need to be on that deer right now, um, it is extremely important that you get hyper-aggressive in that, in my opinion. That doesn't mean get hyper-aggressive into stand locations that you're hunting that are traditional, really good stand locations for the rut, per se. It means to get hyper-aggressive going after specific deer and uh, trying to get in close uh, to their bedding areas because they're not on their feet a ton in daylight yet. That'll be happening, changing up here over the weekend. Uh, and once they start getting on their feet, um, those day walkers, as we call them, or once night walkers, <laughs> I say we call them, I don't know who actually calls them that, but I giggle every time I heard that term. It's like they're walking around, zombies, Dracula kind of thing. <laughs> but it is a fact that as we get close to Halloween every year, those deer start to appear on cameras more in daylight, and that's where people start to hunt them a lot more. Different deer have different personalities. Some will start to appear earlier than others. And uh, because of that, that's why I say, um, if you have a deer that is daylighting for sure on your cameras, man, get get on that deer. Um, try to make something happen there because there's the other fact that it's coming into play besides the phase of the rut that we're looking at is crops themselves. And back to the crop rotation thing, 
Um, what, what you may find some spots that have done really well for you to pass may not be doing so well this year. Uh, for example, and I'm just going year by year. I'm just picking last year and this year as an example. For example, say you, you're hunting a piece of public ground that's uh, 80 acres of timber, um, similar to what I'm going to be hunting to this morning. If there are standing crops um, beside that, that's a big plus as we get later into the year versus hunting something that, that is around clover or alfalfa right now. Um, it seems to me that as, as we get colder temperatures, that drives deer more towards grain. The flip side of that point is if you are hunting next to a standing cornfield right now, that can be a tough go. And I'm not saying that deer live in the corn all the time, but there definitely is, without a doubt, a huge impact whenever that corn is pulled out of uh, a large corn, uh, a large field that is harvested with corn in it. Um, once that comes out, that they're typically your visibility start to increase quite a bit. And I imagine there are definitely some deer that are spending some time in that cover. I don't know to what extent. Um, I wish I had some radio collar um, evidence of that, but I know that once those, those crops start to get cut, that's also when sightings start to appear a lot more around locations where you're hunting where there is standing corn at. Um, on the flip side of that, if you've been hunting beans, you've got a deer that's been headed to beans. Um, I, I'm gonna guess probably once those beans turn brown, in a lot of cases, those sightings have diminished. I don't see a large number of deer flocking to beans at this time of the year, usually. It's usually a little bit later when you start to see that happen again. Um, so it, it, in my experience right now, I guess what I'm trying to say is that if you are hunting um, near standing cornfield right now, maybe maybe look at some areas that already has quite a bit of the corn already pulled out. I don't know what percentage we're at here in Iowa. There's ways to look that up. I just haven't done it yet um, to know how much corn has been pulled out. But, you know, within within a mile or two of the area you're hunting at, it is very helpful to know whether it has or hasn't been pulled because that may determine which property you're going to go hunt if you're like me and you're bouncing all over the place. If you're a private landowner, you already know what's going on there, so I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. But those crop rotations will change up even on your private ground, obviously, will change up some of the movement that you see. And then there's one last factor, too, into that, and that, that comes into deer personality. Some deer are homebodies. Uh, some deer range farther than other deer. And uh, when it comes to having that target buck, again, I just want to overemphasize, if you have a target buck that you are trying to kill, it is extremely important that you get on that deer quickly, whether he's a, a homebody deer or whether he tends to roam a little bit. Um, what you have to risk are, in my opinion, are kind of burning out spots um, going into November. But if you're just after one deer, I don't know that it really matters a whole lot unless you plan on hunting those areas uh, throughout the rut. And most of us that target one specific deer, generally that's those are deer that are on fringe areas of, of areas that you hunt. Um, not necessarily, but um, you can usually take a little more risk, I guess is what I'm saying. And I'm saying you should take a little more risk trying to get more aggressive, trying to kill that specific deer um, and not worry as much about the effects uh, that are to come later on, provided you know where you're going to be hunting during the rut because as many of you know um, there are some locations trees that are year in and year out produced very very well during the rut and uh, that's what basically I turn to when I start to hit the rut is those locations I like the most um, the ones that produce consistently um, the only thing I'm using my cameras for at that point is just to understand what kind of age structure to have in that area because we hit November 2nd 3rd 4th you're probably going to lose uh, the opportunities at your local bucks the good news is you'll have new bucks moving in and out of there and uh, that's just, that's my two cents. Um, 
it's my morning rant, ram, ramble, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so pay attention to your crop rotations. If you're hunting close to standing corn, know that you know you, you may not do as well as an area that already has corn cut out of there. Um, beans are not a major factor in my opinion right now. Cut cornfields are phenomenal the next night or two after they get cut, especially if a farmer's a little messy and, and leaves a few uh, leaves a little corn behind. Those can be absolutely dynamite. So um, tomorrow I might talk a little bit about decoying. Um, I've not done that this year yet, but it is that time in which decoys um, can be very productive, especially in the evening, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's all I got. Um, I might do a little longer podcast uh, tonight or tomorrow, see what happens. I've got a lot of phone calls going on tonight, um, but tomorrow, maybe at some point throughout the day, I get some caught up on uh, on some work and get caught up on some sleep tonight. I'll get, uh, get some of that more information kicked out for you in regards to some of these other topics that are going to be super important for, to you uh, in a little longer podcast format. Format, Jeez. Need more coffee. Good luck, everybody. Stay safe, and uh, make sure you stay strapped in your, your trees when you're up there. Nobody likes to hear about somebody getting hurt. See ya.